Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm your host, Ben Slinger, and with me as always is Trevor Scott. Hello. With us today is from the Soap Podcast, Daniel Mason. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you. So, Daniel, you want to tell us a little bit about the Soap Podcast and yourself? Uh, yeah, so the Soap Podcast is uh, stands for the Slightly Offensive Australian Podcast. Pretty much we're just a bunch of guys. We talk about games, pop culture, that kind of thing. We started after Good Game uh, disappeared. Uh, just felt like there was a lack of things out there. But jumping into the podcast world and that kind of stuff, we found quite a lot of good content, obviously, like you guys and that. And uh, yeah, we're still learning a bit, but a lot of good content out there. And hopefully we bring a lot more. Uh, on the side, I do the DM Gaming, which has a lot of YouTube gameplay reviews, all that kind of stuff. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, all that kind of stuff. Cool. Fantastic. Um, so how long have you been doing the gaming side of things on YouTube? Uh, the gaming I've been uploading for a couple of years. Starting to get a bit more heavy into it now with the review side, all that kind of stuff. But been playing games for so long, you know, it becomes a lifestyle. Mm. So we're going to start with a game we call Click Pitch. Uh, in this game, we each have a random word generator in front of us, and on the count of three, two, one, by Trevor, we're going to click refresh and get a new word, and from that, we're going to come up with some sort of game idea. It might suck. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't it. yet, <laughs> so a lot of pressure. <laughs> Here we go. Three, two, one. Click. Pickaxe. <laughs> I got crackpot. <laughs> Security. <laughs> okay. So, There's some interesting words. I yeah. feel the last two are very heavily related. <laughs> <laughs> My mind goes to well, the pickaxe. The pickaxe makes me think Minecraft. So for some reason, maybe you're like protecting your Minecraft castle. Uh, you've got a job protecting people's Minecraft uh, creations against crackpots with pickaxes. See, I feel the security has the pickaxes against the crackpots. (laughs) So it's a world... It's traditional. (laughs) It's a world where everyone... Well, wait. I'm trying to think, why would security have pickaxes? Is it because the people they're trying to protect against are made out of, like, rock and stone? Maybe it's like Pixels, where, like, all the characters have come to life, but in this case, it's Minecraft coming to life, and just... They've created a security force with pickaxes to defend against all the Minecraft characters coming at you. <laughs> so can you like dig traps underneath people and then then when they, they step on it it's like the the loose sand so it just falls down into into a massive cave. And... <laughs> yeah, I kinda like it the, the, the idea of it being a, a sort of a Minecraft game, but yeah, it's more around exactly that, building traps and security and trying to protect your I mean, I guess that could be done in Minecraft. Fucking, any, fucking anything can be done in Minecraft these days. But yeah, something around, I guess just around, maybe we'll take it away from the Minecraft space, but just around digging. I know I brought that up in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Backtracking already. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> digging, like, yeah, digging based security, I guess, right? And the crackpots are just yep. wh- whoever's coming. Well, having, having played a bit of Minecraft on an online server, that is like 
a crazy place to be, depending on what server you're on. I, I don't like, recognize. They literally my... are crackpots who ch- who try to just like destroy everything <laughs> you build. So having a having a security force that are actually out there protecting your stuff while you're not there is actually, you know, kind of a cool idea. Because right. the amount of times I build something. And then come back, and it's like, oh crap! There's literally nothing left. So we haven't actually invented a new game idea. We've just created a business. <laughs> just charge people. We'll protect your shit on public Minecraft servers. Patrol with diamond pickaxes and whatever. We've we've got to be able to get like some sort of insurance because otherwise, you know, what happens if we couldn't stop the the crackpots because there were just too many of them. So, so that's another business, is it? Insure your Minecraft <laughs> construction. <laughs> the other option is like a For Honor style kind of game, but it's security versus the crackpots. And instead of having oh. like swords and all that, you've got pickaxes and yeah, like lots having of big jewels yep. like in the middle of the streets. Yeah, we're kind of bringing <laughs> it back to the idea of um, like stone or rock based. Uh, like enemies or uh, I kind of like that you could have a sort of real melee uh, based thing where I haven't actually played for honor but I, I assume you can cut limbs off but in this case because you're made out of stone you're basically these stone golems like you can sort of just keep going and keep moving and it's it's not until you're reduced to rubble that, <laughs> that you, you're actually done oh that'd actually be cool you know you take you take off the arm so therefore you can no longer swing with a certain button maybe maybe you've got you know the left and right triggers do left left and right yeah. arm attacks, but if if someone takes off one of your arms, then you can only do the left attack from now on. If it was the right arm that they took off, and then if they took off the right leg, then you can only sort of crawl along the ground or or something like that. So you could really have that disadvantage of of limb targeting. I'd like to think that you'd use your head to attack people with after that. So instead of using a trigger button or that, <laughs> you'd have the motion sensor on the controller and you're just <laughs> waving it in the air as you're head butting them. <laughs> okay, so it's like a PS4 exclusive or or Switch. <laughs> yeah, PS4 pretty much. Switch. <laughs> no, the Kinect the Kinect can figure that out, can't it? <laughs> <laughs> no one has a Kinect, Ben, you know that. It's true. <laughs> I don't have one. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, three, two, one, click. Mm. Accomplice. Calligraphy. Resurrection. <laughs> okay. Oh, I like that. Okay. Some sort of so some sort of writing mechanic to raise the dead. Yeah, basically. But are you the accomplice to a necromancer? Oh, so that's so that's you're a good... not actually the necromancer yourself. That's an interesting. Yeah. So you you it's a, that could be a good way to, to start you off, right? You're learning uh, these these magical writings to raise the dead and. Other, other such magics. What do you reckon you write in? Like, is it a book? Do you just find paper on the ground and start writing on it? How do you... Where do you start the writing process for this? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so should it be the opposite of Death Note? So you write in a book to resurrect? Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like you have to... To make it really game, game mechanic-y, I don't think you're just writing words, unless you have to write them in very... I mean, I guess it's calligraphy, right? Maybe you just... You have to you write, write them in, in such very a specific, specific way. I feel like it needs to be a VR game just from... Just for having that precision in the way you write. Uh, because, you know, calli- calligraphy is all about sort of the angle 
and the pressure and stuff, right? Yep. Or, or maybe, maybe, or maybe you have to play with like a drawing tablet or something. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a Wii U game, maybe with the yeah, with yeah the Wii U on only. <laughs> yeah, with the with the stylus. Um, does Wii U have a stylus? I don't know. Yes, it does. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's all about the angle and the pressure, uh, and so you have to get you know the right width of each letter in it, or each part of each letter as you write the, the yeah whether it's the person's name or or some sort of incantation to raise them from the dead see i was actually thinking that in going with the calligraphy but not literally using calligraphy as the game mechanic you could actually have to create a specific ink to resurrect certain oh, people so the- you've got like a like an adventure sort of um, you know, running around trying to find certain, certain, like a, a bone of the dead or, you know, certain things that you got to then crush up to create the ink. And then you give that to the necromancer and then he writes it in, in the book. And, and like the adventure to, to resurrect these people gets, um, gets a little bit more crazy Wait, each time. So you don't have to, you don't get it's to, harder to find these. You things. don't get to do any writing yourself. Yeah, well, if if you got shitty handwriting writing like I do, then I'm going to be spending most of the time just doing the writing rather than the actual game no, no, itself. So I'd rather all that, all that means is it doesn't mean you can't play the game. It just means you're shit at it. <laughs> I feel it needs a penalty. Like if you fail to write it perfectly, like the controller shocks you or something like that. <laughs> well, no, I think it's a gameplay thing. I think it's if you if like the the further away from perfect you are. The more shittily you raise that thing from the dead, so they're so coming like, out mangled. Yeah, like parts of them didn't raise properly, so they can't use their left leg, or or maybe you know they just they don't follow your directions as as thoroughly or as uh, as well as they would if you if you'd perfected the the loop on that G. <laughs> what if what if they've got like a piece of information that you need to get and you didn't do it right and their mouth is just mangled and they can't talk as a result? <laughs> then you have to kill them again and try and try it and try it. You know. uh, I'm sorry, I've got so, to kill you. It didn't work right. <laughs> we'll try again. So, are you raising these people from the dead for like money for from like their family members? They've come to you and gone. I've um, my father passed away, and you know we think that it was before his time. We'd like, I think, we'd like you to resurrect. I think him. there are a variety of reasons. I, I still like the idea that you're the accomplice to a necromancer, but maybe like the necromancer's full on evil, and you have been you, you're sort of his his assistant, but you don't actually want to follow in his footsteps of evil. So you're trying to like solve crimes and shit by raising the dead and stealing his techniques. So a little bit, <laughs> I'm thinking a little bit like, um, did you ever watch? Uh, pushing daisies where yes. they you know bring someone back for a minute to get the information to solve their murder that sort of thing and then touch them again to kill them <laughs> yeah well so you know that could be part of it the if you don't do it well enough they might not actually stay alive long enough for you to get through the conversation tree to get the information that you need <laughs> what if say the necromancer you and him best buddies you know master and apprentice as you go out you're resurrecting these people and each time you do it you find out something about him that makes you not trust him or that. But if you fail to resurrect them correctly, they don't give you the right piece of information. And so you don't realize that he's actually 
the bad person of the story. And so if you fail for so long, you know, you fail at the end of the game, it turns out you don't realise he's a bad person and, you know, whatever happens. But if you do it right... Yeah, I was going to say, it could even sort of be more of a almost a side arc. Like, you could have a main story that's still related to these game mechanics. But basically, yeah, if you've been doing it so badly that you don't get this information about this guy, it's a complete surprise when he turns on you at the end and you get the bad ending, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. I, I can also see, you know, the whole solving crime idea of, you know, it starts out with, like, petty crime. You you wanted to find out who who set set fire to the local blacksmith. And so you, you're, <laughs> oh, I'm thinking you raise a guy day. who died I'm in the fire. I'm not talking fantasy and... crap. I'm talking modern day. Are you? <laughs> this is, he's a modern day necromancer. <laughs> he doesn't wear the robes and stuff. <laughs> He's, just, he's into heavy metal. <laughs> Maybe it's a combination. Maybe you're resurrecting people from the past, like that are so far in the past. Oh, God. Well, you that know, could be a like a historian kind of thing, <laughs> you know? Solving cold cases. Well, I feel like that's at least <laughs> really one. Cold. One like maybe that's just one mission is you literally have to you have to dig someone up and resurrect them so much that they they're just dust and bones and so they they kind of just become you know a, an amorphous blob of of half uh, decayed bones that yeah if you if even if you do it perfectly you can barely understand them and yeah. so you, you have to hope that they die again in a position that the, the dusty bones spell out the information that you need yeah and then you turn the dust into the ink for the next guy yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I like that element too actually like of of having to collect the ingredients maybe you need particular types of <laughs> types of ink a little bit of chili uh, a bit of garlic <laughs> Well, you know, for the for the foodie that you need to lock of hair. <laughs> it's the restaurant owner who was murdered. So yeah, you need to throw a bit of garlic in there. <laughs> <laughs> it it could be it could be random things like um a piece of their favorite food, a lock of their their best friend's hair, and it's like, <laughs> oh god, I've got to <laughs> got to try and work out all these all these personal information about about these people. <laughs> you go on a rather long quest <laughs> just to find out that it was the the wrong guy and you didn't actually know anything about it. <laughs> uh, I like that. That's cool. That's some good. Yep. That's some good stuff. Okay, in there. I think we should click again. Three, two, one. Spat. Formality. Uh, psychologist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> This is the weirdest game ever. (laughs) Okay. You're a psychologist at a dinner party, a formal dinner party, and you have to figure out who spat in your food. (laughs) So it was formality, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. So maybe it's the formality of spitting? Yeah, so you live in a culture where spitting is sort of... There's all these rules about when to spit, how to spit... How much mucus to like suck up into your nose before you? <laughs> no, spit. I reckon. I, I feel like this is an anime. You know, like how you have Beyblades and all that kind of stuff. I feel like this is like the anime of like spitting. Like you use your spitting oh. attacks, and you've got your spitting forms, and your, you know, and the psychologist is one style of spitting. <laughs> how can we? T- how can we turn that into merchandise that you we can sell? hundreds of dollars worth to like <laughs> school children do they have to buy like the special mixture that makes you spit different colors or something <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect it's like you, you can't reuse it so they're just going to keep buying it every time they want to play this game oh you could market it in drink form and that you make you know the 
the drink form to make you spit. Exactly. Perfectly. Well, you know, and you know how, you know, you have certain drinks that are a bit, I don't know, like a milkshake or a, something that's a bit thick. We could, we could literally formulate this drink that it, that it just creates mucus <laughs> of a particular type and they have to play against their friends at recess. You do realise that Ron Gilbert has already made this game. It's called Monkey Island 2. <laughs> that was just about distance. This is about formal <laughs> rules on when you can spit, how you must spit. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm thinking this is, this is a physical game. Like How make, much tongue is involved? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you, and there is there are colour like <laughs> like so maybe we mix this kind of with a card game or a yeah, like a some sort of other physical item where you you're playing a particular hero or whatever and yeah perhaps one is the psychologist <laughs> yeah they do like psychic attacks with their spit yeah so like maybe they're little figures and literally part of it is you have to try to spit them over like spit on them to knock them over it's a cross between like marbles and <laughs> and and what's the fucking um you know like pokemon card kind of thing. yeah or i was uh-huh. thinking of there's the other one that's just completely <laughs> dropped Dominance? out of my head what <laughs> Dominance? <laughs> no anyway it doesn't matter um yeah like so is it kind of like magic the gathering then well yeah uh, but i'm thinking got different you, attacks that you can yeah but the different attacks are based on you take a sip of like the green really goopy drink that that creates like there's a real biological physical aspect to this game <laughs> so you can only, you do extra damage to their psychologist if you if you spit on them with green and so they literally have to like take a slurp of it gargle it and then spit it at their at the other person's like little figure like little um miniature and if you knock them over then you've like you're it was a successful attack how quickly do you reckon the lawsuit for that game would be <laughs> not our problem we're gonna sell it off and make a million dollars so ben no you ready to get the kickstarter going tonight or yeah definitely i'm starting Start on my fo- i'm starting yeah i'm starting on my formulas okay i think we've got to click again cause... really I, I like that one i feel that like it's more there <laughs> That was, that was terrible. That was the worst ever. <laughs> it was awesomely terrible, just gross. <laughs> it it may not even appear in the podcast. Okay, three, two, hey, one, fuck go. You. <laughs> All right. Arbiter. I, I got octopus. Happiness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, it's um, a totalitarian society where the head octopus is the arbiter of all happiness. <laughs> You may not show emotion. You may not show um, happy emotions unless the octopus has deemed it to be so. And uh, so it's kind of like a dictatorship then, where yeah, if he laughs, everyone else can laugh. Yeah, he's sort of he's setting the rules on what people can be happy about, and he's got uh, tentacles everywhere. So who do you play in the game? Yeah, I guess you're playing as some. I mean, presumably you're playing as someone fighting back, like the resistance. I will not be happy. No, they want to be. They want to be happy, just not about things that like they're being asked to be made happy about. I was, hey, I was trying to think of what octopus is like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Eating what octopus people. is like. Fighting sharks, calligraphy because they've got the ink, juggling, <laughs> pickaxes, <laughs> and spitting. <laughs> James Bond films called Octopussy. <laughs> that's their that's their porn. 
Like that's octopus <laughs> porn. No, I don't know. You're you're in the resist. I, I guess I guess what we need to figure out is uh, is everyone an octopus or is it literally just like a world of humans that have been taken over by this octopus? Dictator. Yeah, I was thinking it was an overlord, like it's big giant, like mountain big octopus that just looks over everyone and oh. points at people and goes, you oh. will be happy. Well, maybe like all the, all the suckers on its arms are actually eyes, so that's how it keeps track of, of everyone's happiness. And so it's just like, and they're just like looming over, like sort of out over all, all areas of this city at all times. There's just these like giant tentacles covered in eyes watching to make sure you're only happy about the approved octopus things. So is it set in like almost like a futuristic sort of world? Sure. No, I reckon it's tribal. Oh, okay. Well, is it like post-apocalyptic though or? Yeah. I just feel like you're the tribe worshipping the octopus god that's so big and giant. Oh, so so there are people who are into it. <laughs> well, I guess that's the tradition. Like, you don't have a choice. If you don't, the octopus smites you. Mm. Okay. Um. So is it a point-and-click adventure game so that, you know, you got that sort of... Um, yeah, I guess we need to... Well... Almost film-like view of of characters in a scene rather than having to sort of play from a... Like a third-person sort of thing. Or in the characters. <sighs> yeah, yeah, we've done a lot of point-and-clicks, though, recently. Um, I... I, mm-hmm. I mean, I think you're right. It probably suits that the most for some sort of dystopic um, story about this this tribe. Yeah, like this this civilization that's just been ruled over by this ancient octopus god that doesn't want them to be happy about anything other than calligraphy and <laughs> jug and juggling. Uh-huh. How many octopuses have you seen actually juggle? <laughs> <laughs> they just—they've got all those arms. Five. They can do it so well. Obviously, um, <laughs> part of the gameplay mechanic is that during the octopus's juggling break, <laughs> you've got a bit more leeway about that when you can smile. <laughs> but he only juggles with you know three of his arms at once, and you, it's so you have to be in the right place. So is the um is the octopus a, a literal octopus from Earth? Or is it just an octopus-like alien from another planet well, who's coming, I mean, like, taken over has your world? It eyes all over its tentacles, so I assume it's at least so genetically alien. engineered. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm imagining that maybe on every corner you've got, like, some people, maybe some circus people dressed up as octopuses and they're the jugglers to make you think that oh yeah all octopuses juggle and they like juggling and yeah that's it there's like yeah there's sort of this jesters and those sort of things well i think it's just i i am thinking more of a uh, maybe it's either a third person sort of actiony well not actiony but like maybe rpg style I think we just I think we need to figure out a way that smiling is a game mechanic and <laughs> I think how much you're smiling and frowning needs to be an analog input <laughs> in some way. So you can't just smile- to the connect. Well, no, I, no, it doesn't need to be I think even just like if you push all the way up or or if you put, you know, you put your your right trigger um all the way down, then then you're like fully smiling and if you put your left trigger all, all the way in you're fully frowning, but like you can mix and match it and and only push it down a little bit. So, you just need to make sure that you if you smile, you've got to be facing someone in the right direction towards something that's on the approved happiness list. <laughs> But, or that you're not being watched, but maybe, so maybe there's like a real social mechanic that you have to get people's attention or like, 
<laughs> like maybe the way that you communicate with other members of the resistance is that you give them a little smirk. <laughs> but you have to be really quick about it because otherwise like you get slapped down by the octopus tentacle. <laughs> yeah, I I've <laughs> I'm not sure where else we can go with this. <laughs> uh, well, what's the, the end? well? Let's well, you know, we don't usually do that. Let's. What's the end game? How do you win? Do you take down this octopus? Yeah. Or do you just everyone get every, or do you just get everyone on your side to be happy about something that's not on the list? Like fuck, what do octopuses not like? <laughs> I don't Sharks. know enough about fucking Sushi. octopi. <laughs> Yeah, okay. You get everyone smiling at sushi and the octopus is just like, oh shit, they've all turned against me and he leaves. He just like shoots off into space to go terrorize some other planet. Just sits on the moon, staring down at everyone. I love that I I love that idea. I love the idea that just the the end shot is like a slow pan over and you just see the like bright shining moon up there with a fucking giant octopus wrapped around it. Just like sulking. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like really because like, he's so big. He's like hugging the entire. He's huge. Moon. Yeah, he's like around half the moon. <laughs> but oh, oh, that that's just that's just a creepy notion. It just shows how big this guy actually. Oh walks. yeah, this is it. It's huge. <laughs> I freaking love that idea. I want someone to make some artwork of that. We don't have enough art- arty fans. <laughs> Alright, things about time to head into the eye of the storm. All right, so you can find us on Twitter and Facebook, uh, BitStormCast on either of those, or just search for BitStorm. Uh, if you had any ideas about the prompts we came up with today that you know we didn't think of or that you think might be better, let us know. We'd love to sort of get some discussion going and, and just keep, keep the game ideas coming. We're now on Instagram. We are BitStormCast on Instagram as well. Um, we're going to be putting up some more casual posts with what we've been playing and maybe even some stuff as to what we've been playing with our kids yeah uh we are on itunes go ahead rate review subscribe to us there to get updates for our latest episodes uh just search bitstorm we come up our website is bitstormcast.com uh we'd like to thank Kuradust for the use of mount defiance which is the track for our opening and closing and for eye of the storm also like to plug zencaster z-e-n-c-a-s-t-r.com they've provided us with the awesome way for recording our guest and myself uh and daniel if you just want to give our audience a way to find you online yep so you can find the soap on facebook under the slightly offensive australian podcast a bit of a mouthful there otherwise you can find us under the soap on twitter youtube iTunes, Podomatic, and SoundCloud. Awesome. All right, let's get back into it. So, for those who have only been listening for a little while, you've pretty much only heard us do click pitch, but when we started this podcast, uh, we had some ideas for other segments, and we the first few episodes, we did a few of them, but we're actually we're going to move back to one of those tonight. And uh, the idea behind this segment is that we are going to come up with a tie-in game to a movie or a TV show for, for one that doesn't doesn't have one yet and probably shouldn't. Or should. <laughs> or, or just one that we think really should and hasn't been done yet or hasn't been done right. So, Daniel, would you like to start us off? I would. Uh, I'm a big fan of anything to do with The Asylum. So, one of the favourite movies that everyone would have heard of, Sharknado. Sharknado. Nice. It's true, there hasn't been a Sharknado tie-in game, has there? There's so much gold because you're fighting sharks, you're blowing up tornadoes, chainsaws for hands, <laughs> there's lightning going everywhere. The movies have added so much gold mechanics in there 
Where's the game for it? Okay, so I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to come clean. I haven't actually seen any of the Sharknado films. Oh. Uh, what? <laughs> That's wrong, Ben. It's high quality stuff. Very high quality. Uh, I mean, Tara Reid, <clears throat> amazing. <laughs> Did she get um, an Oscar okay, for one so, of those? Definitely not. Um, <laughs> So, what sort of game mechanics were you thinking there, Dan? Well, you're fighting sharks. That's that's the main thing, is you're the main character running around fighting sharks. Uh, you've obviously got the tornadoes spinning around everywhere and that. So, I'm thinking open world kind of thing, where tornadoes are persisting in certain locations. You're going to those locations to defeat the tornadoes to stop the sharks attacking everyone. Cool. Okay. I like that. Can there be just, uh, like, as you're working around, is it just a tornado might, like... So there's like you've got your main tornadoes, and so are they just like yep. are they just kind of blasting sharks out in every direction at all times? Is that sort of how it works? Yeah, I reckon we take it up a level, and so you have your normal tornadoes that can spawn anywhere in that, but then you have your boss tornadoes that have yep. a boss shark in there, each right. with a specific theme. Like you've got a hammerhead one and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> awesome, yeah. And so they're just like spinning <laughs> around the tornado at all times, and you sort of just you got to get up in there with them, and you've just got these great set pieces where you. You know, you're on a fucking house that the tornado picked up and jumping around as things break apart. Exactly. And you've got things like the chainsaw hand and that from the movie and that. So you've got a a range of weapons, building dynamite and throwing them at tornadoes. All the fun stuff that we see in video games now. Yeah. But against sharks. That's awesome. You could do, yeah, I can imagine that that being like real AAA quality, you know, uh, presentation and, and... I'm thinking kind of, yeah, set pieces, like uncharted style set pieces where things are just breaking around you as you jump from thing to thing and you have to like, yeah, throw your dynamite. That's really cool. So would you pick any particular movie because they've all sort of been set in different different locations? Do you have any, any preferred location? that you'd like to start um, the game, at least? I think as you, you start this, you're oh, going to start Jesus. coastal. It's called The Fourth Awakens. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I need to They're watch these a fucking fifth one now. I need to watch these fucking um, things. Right. I feel like you start on the coast and that, and then like I feel like the games like keep ramping it up. So like as you make sequel games, like the entire continents are shrinking as the water levels rising, and instead of it just being a coastal thing, it's you know like the middle of a continent. As Rock, for example, suddenly is like <laughs> surrounded in water as fucking sharks are everywhere, and yeah. Okay, so you can really play different characters all over the world and not just be stuck to to what was in the movies. You can literally just have... This is happening worldwide, and there's tornadoes everywhere that are just... Or sharknadoes everywhere that are just picking up sharks and, and launching them at people and, and flooding flooding areas and... Yeah, I feel like you have themes, like you start doing like an Australian themed one, like an Egyptian themed one, and then the sharks like start taking that on. So you got like real Australian sharks, like... With hats and stuff like that, just to really, <laughs> really throw the quality in there. I'm just imagining the blood down the Nile, you know, and turning turning the Nile red, and and you know maybe someone's going on about the prophecy of of you know when the when the river runs red and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> it could actually be really cool. Instead of the sphinxes, you've got like a shark there all of a sudden. <laughs> so can we bring like multiplayer into this, and you get to play as the sharks? In some way, or as the Sharknadoes, and you're like f- flinging sharks out yourself, <laughs> like they're they're actually your attacks. Like, <laughs> so it's like an asynchronous multiplayer where you've got all the people in the area, and you got one person playing the Sharknado. Yeah, yeah, it could be like Mother it, Mother Nature. Could be the multiplayer mode. It could be the multiplayer mode of 
of the main game. And it's kind of like a, and, and I mean, this game didn't do very well, but kind of like Evolve, right? Where you've got a bunch of players who are playing the humans and they're against just the giant Sharknado. And they just, they have to figure out a way to... To, to kill to kill the uh, the one player. Yeah, I quite like that. I quite like that indeed. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm just imagining some of the boss sharks as as Daniel was saying before. Just some of the some of the set pieces, like maybe you could have it set in New York and like the side of the skyscraper is just being ripped ripped off, and you you're there with your chainsaw hands, massive Sharknado in front of you, and you just jump out and you know trying to just trying jump to jump off um, the top of the skyscraper straight into this into the Sharknado just to try and get rid of all the sharks within that's it just sharks coming at you flying past you at all times you're just like slicing them into pieces as you fall through this thing that's awesome any other ideas there daniel um i feel like anything asylum really works like i don't know if you've heard of it but they've got a really dodgy movie called airplane versus volcano so (laughs) well that i mean that's just that's a game title right there i feel like they've already set it all up so one <laughs> one team's like the airplanes the other team's like volcanoes like trying to shoot them out of the sky like so, you can't so move literally... you just got a, they've got control over a series of volcanoes you just have to blast lava up out of the out of the ground yeah they're so, the defensive team and the yeah. other team's like flying around trying to dodge them and blow them up at the same time <laughs> Uh, that's so literally, movie. you've got a whole game series based just on the Asylum movie catalog. Jesus, they've so you can go, you can go with that. For done a, a lot time. of stuff. Oh yeah. I don't okay, think I've seen Ben, do you want to pitch your <laughs> you want to pitch your movie tie-in at us? Yeah. Um, hang on, I've got a list here. I'm going to choose one. <laughs> <laughs> this is dumb. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do this one. This is going to sound odd because there have been approximately 30,000 games for this series already, but I'm pitching a Lord of the Rings game, except Mm -hmm. it's a walking simulator and it's real time as you take the One Ring from the Shire to Mount Doom. (laughs) And so there's a real like desert bus aspect to it. Where it's like the sta- like you have to have stamina. Like getting it there is going to be a huge achievement that that very very few people manage. Didn't it take like months and months in the game in the in the movie? Yes, like- yes, <laughs> probably. I haven't seen them. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm just kidding. I haven't seen them. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so you have to. It's it's an achievement. That's it. You have to hand it off to your friends while you sleep. <laughs> This is ga- this is going to be a game that's made for like those charity things, like they do Desert Bus for Hope, right? It's going to be Lord of the Rings, Walking Sim Edition for Hope, and <laughs> um, if the, you know, it's it's we'll give all this money. We'll, yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna finish this game. It's going to take a month and a half, uh, nine months if <laughs> if we go with my my whole thing before. <laughs> is that how long it is? All right. Well, okay, we might have to cut it down a bit. But it's at least many hours. It's like multiple days. It's it's kind of like, okay, see that massive mountain? Start walking in about two days, you'll reach it. Well, so I think the thing is that, so like Desert Bus, you have to keep playing it because it veers to the left or whatever, right? Like, mm-hmm. what I'm thinking with this one is you can just set Frodo and Sam, whatever, in a direction and they'll they'll keep walking in that direction. So you can go take a piss. But you risk <laughs> you risk them being attacked. Like there's just there are basically random attacks from ring wraiths or whatever. I really don't know this series well. Why did I choose it? Uh, 
<laughs> Am I pretty close so far? Uh, yeah, basically, like there are then fighting. There are literally fighting or hiding or stealth sections or whatever that you that you have to uh, deal with that come up randomly. Um, so there's your challenge. Like you can't just you can't just leave it. If you do just leave it, yeah, they'll keep walking. And I mean, maybe if you're lucky, maybe it's such like it's a random generated game right uh, or randomly generated attacks maybe there's the one in one billion run where you could literally just point at mount doom start them going and they just make it there but <laughs> like nothing would happen but chances are one of these randomly decided attacks is going to happen and you have to you have to hide or defend yourself or, or whatever so i'm just imagining given how big some of these battles actually were in in you know the Lord of the Rings movies. Yep. You could be you could come up against thousands and upon thousands of orcs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you just have to you just have to keep walking, man. And like people are defending people are defending. <laughs> Maybe you can set up like your companions in particular configurations or whatever so that they're gonna defend you. Almost like a fellowship. <laughs> well yeah, exactly. I mean yeah. But I'm saying that like the mechanic is you you know you put fucking Legolas over here because if you come up against Orcs, he's going to protect you from the Horde for a while with his firing 10 arrows off in half a second. Like, maybe it's that literally Frodo cannot stop walking. (laughs) (laughs) So, you just have to find your path of least resistance through these Hordes of Orcs as the rest of the Fellowship fights them off. And they're just like AI. I'm thinking these, like, you don't actually get to do the fighting. You just, you have to configure them in particular ways. And and then keep walking. <laughs> I feel I'd have to have an attitude towards you, like getting really annoyed at you for just continuously walking, not joining in. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Like it'd get pretty boring if through between the random attacks. So there's like conversation that happens, and you get to know your fellowship more than more so than you ever did in the movies. I mean, the movies only go for what, like nine <laughs> hours. This game's like multi days. <laughs> <laughs> A month and a half, and and you know when you go to sleep? Well, they're actually sleeping too. (laughs) (laughs) Except Frodo's still walking. He sleepwalks. (laughs) (laughs) They just wake up every hour, catch up to him, go back to sleep. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to think: is there actually some mechanics in this that are that are going to make make it fun for the regular people to to play, other than just like. People who, who currently like Desert Bus for Hope, but it's all about the challenge. That's the challenge, right? Like, the, it's the stamina of of playing through this game. It's like the people who do the fucking rock band, like every song nonstop thing. I mean, sure, rock band's more fun than this, <laughs> <laughs> but it, but people will still do it. Anyway, that's my idea. Um, a- any other ideas? <laughs> to do with this one there, Daniel. <laughs> I was going to say, on a side note, you could have, uh, like, Pokemon Go with Lord of the Rings, and you're just, like, walking down the street, and, like, uh, an orc appears, and you're literally, like, out on your phone. Well, like, there you go. The street, Maybe just... that's part of it. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's one of the things you can do to keep you busy. Because some of the random attacks you get, like, it might be, like, three orcs. And so, while... I can't think of anyone other than Legolas. <laughs> What's his <laughs> goddamn name? <laughs> Aragorn? Sure, Aragorn. That's who I was trying to think of. I couldn't think of it. So, while Aragorn is, like, fighting off the orcs... <laughs> um, you can... You can ta- you, you've... Like, and this is totally incongruous, but you can pull out your smartphone and, like, you have to frame up your shot and you get points for composition and what you capture in the shot. And that's also part... There's, like, a, there's like a social media sharing mechanic 
of like, look at this thing. Like, because there could be rare events, right? It, it's not just always orc attacks or whatever. It could be some fucking thing that only showed up in one paragraph of the Silmarillion. That the Lord of the Rings, that the fucking <laughs> Tolkien geeks are going to just cream their pants over. And if they get a photo of it, like, that's even more prestige, it, you know. P- and following you for the whole game is like Gollum. So, he's just sort of yeah. somewhat behind well, you. Well, and, and that's you, part you of it as well. If you tell that he's following. Like, but he tried, but he, like, yeah, he's somewhat, he's somewhat behind you. He's hiding behind things. He's trying to stay hidden. And so, getting photos of him as well is like, you get, that's part of the challenge. I love that. That that was perfect, Dan. Like, that brings in something to actually do in like as 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 Frodo, <laughs> fun. I mean, I don't. It I don't adds think, some entertainment. I don't think it was. I don't think it was purely necessary to this thing. Ain't too fun, but. <laughs> and then you got hardcore mode, which turns that off. <laughs> no, hardcore mode is that you don't have internet service on your smartphone. So even if you get all these awesome shots, you have to make it to the end before you can upload them and show anybody. <laughs> like only once you get to the top of Mount Doom are you high enough to get some fucking service. So there's a big tower on the top of yeah. Mount Doom. You have to climb up and you just <laughs> <laughs> turns out the Sauron's eye is like a, a yeah, Wi-Fi did... hotspot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just like can I just can, uh, yeah, you're just like chatting to Sauron, just his eye. He's just like looking, <laughs> giving you side eye as you're like, sorry, man, I just, you're holding your phone up. I just, I need to upload these photos. Like, I got this fucking great photo <laughs> of an elephant or whatever the fuck. <laughs> okay. Is that a thing? Um, I think we'll leave your one there, Ben. I like it. Okay. So, <laughs> yes. Trevor, I've got, I've what got do you have? two movie tie-ins. All right. Well, give me the first one first. Because that's generally how we do things. I'm going to give you both, and then I'll let you choose which one we're going to go with. Okay, okay. So, the one that I'm not necessarily leaning towards, but I think you're going to choose, is an action-adventure game based on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Haven't they? Yeah, okay. Where you can literally play any character from any of the the sort of movies that have come out so far. Yeah, very like ambitious. Ultimate Alliance. Yeah, and so you know you can you can be playing Star Lord and doing all the all the stuff in the Guardians of the Galaxy sort of stuff, or you can be playing Iron Man and doing stuff just on Earth. Um, you know, Thor can be in Asgard, going between all the different places. So that could be kind of cool. Okay, but the one I thought I've been thinking about all day since Ben said, "Oh, let's do movie tie-ins," is actually a Zelda Breath of the Wild style take on the Wizard of Oz. Okay. So the Wizard well, of Oz. Well, that's far more interesting because they're definitely going to make a Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, how are they, how are they not making tons of tie-in games? I don't actually know, but yeah. Um, so my main thing is everyone knows the Wizard of Oz. Yes, the Wizard of Oz is you know one book in like what feels like five hundred million. <laughs> you literally have to go to Wikipedia and Elfrid Baum. Have written has written something like fifty himself, and then there's like another fifty or so books written after that. So you've got so much content that you can actually pull into this open world, and then having it Zelda Breath of the Wild style, where you know maybe you have to do the Wizard of Oz quest first, and then everything opens up after that. Okay, so who do you so who you do can, you play? Are you um, Dorothy? I think you can start off maybe as Dorothy, but then you are you Toto? <laughs> it's sort um, of a it's sort of a 
<laughs> you're playing like the side character. <laughs> no, I, I mean going along for the adventure. I haven't. I've read it. I've read a couple of them. Um, I saw Return to Oz, the movie. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. With the fucking wheelers, which took a whole and, heap of characters from from lots of other from a bunch of other yeah, books. That's what I figured. And then just shoved them all together into one story. I'm thinking she goes you can to have Australia in one of them. Story. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I That's feel kind the of important neat. thing is when you open a new part of the map or that the house lands on someone else. Like that's every time you open a new area. <laughs> that, and the, yeah, that's just how you get around. It's like, all right, we're done with this area. Get back in the house. Summon a fucking tornado. Which just <laughs> seems to be a theme. Summon a sharknado. Uh, and yeah, it's like, all right, who am I going to land on in the next one? Hopefully it's a villain. But it, it's really weird that, you know, when they've... That they've never even thought about making a um an action adventure game within within the Oz world. I mean, it's ripe with so many different stories. You think kind of action platformer sort of thing, like a bit of a yeah. I'm thinking Crash Bandicoot sort of. I don't know why I went Crash Bandicoot. That's but, that's the wrong tone, but that's in the gameplay. <laughs> yeah. Like Jack um, and Daxter. So, so in an, yeah, but in a very open world. Yeah. So. I, I love the idea of um, whatever you can see, you can walk there. Okay. Um, I mean, that's one one thing that I absolutely yeah, loved about that makes Breath sense. Of the Wild. That makes sense for something like, a, you know, a, 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 a setting like Oz, where there's sort of these yep. big, fantastical kind of areas. That's cool, yeah. You see the Emerald City in the background. Way you, off in the yeah, distance. Yeah, but you can and... get there. Like, that's the, you know, that's your final section of the first whatever so I was thinking for the for the first part of the game, you want um you know the whole follow the yellow brick road thing. So you well, that makes sense. Bit of a tutorial. Oh, from what I remember <laughs> of the movie, you know you, you're in the east with the wicked witch of the east. You're following the yellow brick road to the um to the Emerald City. You get there and then you get some side quests. And one of the side quests is go kill the wicked witch of the west. And then there's some other side quest uh, side quests of uh, there's something happening in this town in you know North Oz and you've got to you got to try and help them out. Yeah. And then there's something happening in South Oz. And- yeah, I like the idea of when you of of getting to the Emerald City. That's actually when the game like opens up. So your first quest of getting there, and you know you run into things along the way. You have to you have to go through the forest and the fucking flying monkeys come and attack you. And- you uh, fall asleep in a field of poppies. <laughs> so are we having combat or like are you just running away from everything or are you fighting back? Oh yeah, she's got a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> this is American McGee's Wizard of Oz. Didn't you do that? You know how in, in Lara Croft she can pull out the, the dual handguns and she's got unlimited bullets? Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got the dual handguns that she's got unlimited bullets in and then she's got like her boomstick and like she can get like maybe an AK-47 or something later on. The Tin Man. Oh. The Tin Man like creates weapons for her. No, I was thinking TikTok. Oh, I from, don't um, From Return to Oz. <laughs> I don't remember what he was like. He's like a like a steampunk guy, basically. Yeah. Like clockwork. Yeah, clockwork. That's guy. cool, actually. You could go for a very, yeah, like... Steampunkish, but not in the traditional style. In this Wizard of Oz style of steampunk, um, so all your it's guns, all are clockwork, like, yeah, clockwork stuff, and that's cool. What if you had it more Pokemon style? So you go around collecting. So you start with Toto as your guide ascend into oh. combat, but as you go along, you collect, you know, the Tin Man and the Scarecrow and that. Scarecrow and, and the Cowardly Lion. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. So you you could have like a couple out. What well, maybe even a 
Well, I don't think we've done one of these on the show, but maybe even a bit of like a tactical combat game. So when you go into combat, it's like like Wasteland 2 or um, Fallout sort of style thing. Like you've got action points and stuff. I think that could be cool. Yeah, that could be kind of fun. How, how would the movement work then? I mean, like those games, you've got sort of free reign and it could be more Zelda-ish leading up to that. But when you get into combat, you know, it, it zooms out a bit. Or like... um. Like the first Dragon Age sort of thing, right? Oh, yep, yep, that didn't work. Yeah, well, you've got your companions, and maybe you can just have a cert- like certain ones out at certain times. So, yeah, you can have Toto, and Toto's got some fucking kick-ass bite attacks or whatever. <laughs> can move really fast. Um, Tin Man's and well, Tin Man's well armored and can like drop oil to from his oil can to to as hazards and stuff. He's got his axe, but but his feet if he does too much, then he freezes. And is well, maybe saying, yeah, maybe turn. yeah. Well, maybe you have to like he. You can't send him too far away from you because you have to keep oiling him regularly to keep him. Or, or there's just basically it's a buff. Or he's 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 got a, a status effect that's forever affecting him that you have to buff him yep. with the oil can basically. Yeah, like I kind of I kind of love that idea of of a of a, of a tactical combat game with Wizard of Oz characters. That's cool. You can you know, you can befriend a flying monkey, you can uh you know, you've got all sorts of all sorts of different ones and you can build your team up in, in however way you way you want. And you can you can literally go to the Wicked Witch of the West anytime that you want and just throw a bucket of water on her and then, you know, it's the easiest <laughs> quest of the game. Everyone knows that. So, you know, you can leave that till a later stage. It's basically well, it's basically <laughs> the, tutor- the tutorial. Like I said, I can't I really like this idea of the whole first book and or first or, or movie is basically just the opening to the game and once you get to the Emerald City, like the whole that's when the whole thing opens up and you meet a ton of characters and you get a bunch of quests and yeah, one of them is to take out the Wicked Witch of the West and maybe you have to do it first or something. But yeah, it's not hard. You have to do it because she's captured like the Tin Man and the and the Scarecrow and all that. Sort yeah. Of stuff. So like to start off, yeah, ma- yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe leading up to that point, all your combat has just been you and Toto, and that's yeah that you have to do that quest to to open up and get more companions to then for the rest of the game. Yeah. Well, there could be achievement for getting through the whole game with just Dorothy and Toto. Like if you actually literally you've got the option to not go and do that quest and save them from the Wicked Witch of the West. And if you take her out last, then that's like an achievement. But the further further that goes in the game, the the more wily um, the the Wicked Witch of the West actually becomes. So she becomes a much harder boss. Yeah, she's so wearing a fucking like... raincoat when you get there. <laughs> she's got an umbrella. <laughs> she's got an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe your choices like have a chance to turn you into a wicked witch. Like if you start doing like bad things, oh, like you slowly yeah. get corrupted and you become one of the wicked witches. That's cool. Oh yeah, because you got because you got the ruby slippers on or whatever it is, and oh, and you know yeah, how you, like you're gradually being corrupted. Yeah, because they were the they were the they were the wicked witches of the Easts, right? Maybe. Yep. She had those stripy socks. Maybe that's like a gauge of how corrupted you're getting is how stripy your <laughs> socks are. Like it slowly starts spreading up your legs, this like stripiness. Um, and then after, after it gets really stripy, then you start turning, you know, green a mottled and- green. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I really like That's that. really cool. And it could be based around like uh, Mass Effect style, like moral choices and stuff. Paragon and yeah. 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 You've got, you've got Emperor, uh, um, Emperor, Wizard and... And which choices or something? Although I guess the wizard wasn't like the best character, like the the uh, the most uh, 
Yeah, see, I, of I see the wizard as, as like your your initial um, quest giver, kind of like yeah. um, in Grand Theft Auto. You got an initial quest giver, and then once he leaves in his in his balloon, you know you can you can start getting quests from from other from people, Blinda the Good Witch of the South, or whatever it is, yeah. and TikTok, whoever the Good Witch of the North is, mean, and yeah. TikTok, and well, the wizard's your upgrade guy because he gives you know the heart, the brain, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but he doesn't give you shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's he true. says it was all inside you all along. Like, well, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, we have oh, maybe it just unlocks that ability like a talent tree, but you have to go back to it. <laughs> yeah. He tells you, no, that was inside you all along too. It's like, oh, and all of a sudden, <laughs> talent unlocked. <laughs> I always had this machine gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you know how long today I've been thinking... Maybe, maybe you guys wouldn't want to go down the down the path of um of, of Wizard of Oz. Oz. That's so, so I much more all interesting, this other man. stuff for the for, for the, the Marvel, Marvel Cinematic one? Universe. But I'm no, like, this one's so much more interesting <laughs> uh, I, than Marvel Cinematic Universe because that's just fucking. I mean, you could go places with that, but that's just classic action gaming, right? Like I said, Ultimate Alliance is already out. So yeah, there's already games that, that covers. Do that. Oh yeah, no, I like. I mean, this is almost well. No, Ultimate Alliance. Wait, is that that's is that the fighting one or is that the like top down? That's the top down one where you're like a squad of four and you can choose whichever. Right, so that's Marvel almost similar. That's real time though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm amused that we kind of almost went in that similar way, like top down squad of Wizard of Oz characters. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just don't get why no one has ever taken the Wizard of Oz brand and turned it into a game. I mean, it's rife with like. Amazing stories and that sort of stuff. I would have thought it's only in a hundred and seventy, hundred and seventeen-year-old book. Like, come on, yeah, it's it's right there. Like, get with the times. <laughs> it's, it's probably in the bloody um. It's probably in public domain. Yeah, the yeah, public domain. I think it would be. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm it surprised is. we haven't seen a remake of it yet. That's true. You know they remake right. everything. We're we are on the we are on the top of the front of the curve of the Wizard of Oz like comeback. It's going to be everywhere. It's going to, there's going to be a Wizard of Oz cinematic universe next after we release this game. Like, it's going to pick up. Oh, yeah. You just think about how many fucking books there are and how many. I mean, that's literally almost a hundred movies right there. Oh, yeah. They can just. Well, I'm looking at the Wikipedia. They can literally just go, okay. The main guy wrote four, 14 books in the main series over 20 years, a bunch, like maybe another 10, 15. Um, sort of side series, side books. And then Ruth Plumley Thompson took over and wrote like 25 more. Well, and a bunch yeah. of other authors since then. They've been coming out for... The last one came out in 2006. Yep. <laughs> you, you've got... And it's literally about... <laughs> it's literally about Toto. It's called Toto of Oz. And he like sets out on a quest to get his bark, to get his growl back. Well, that's, oh, that's what awesome. I was going to say is if, if you take the first movie and you've got the Tin Man, the Lion and all that, if you do it like an Avengers style thing where you set oh, yeah. a movie for each of those characters all building up to the actual Wizard of Oz movie, you oh, know, fuck so you've it. got backstory on Toto. That's your Civil War right there, like. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, you can you can bring in, you know, the, the wicked. Ca- the redemption um, story of the Cowardly Lion, man, like. Why is he cowardly? Let's get into his backstory. Finally gets over the tra- trauma from his childhood. The backstory of, of you know, the, the Wicked Witch of the West, which in the movie, in the um, stage show Wicked, oh, you yeah. know, she's actually 
reasonably good and all that sort of stuff. It'd be you, you. You could you could do so much with DLC. You could do so much with um, <laughs> gameplay. I'm I'm seeing this as the as the next big property. Definitely, definitely. I'm I'm and I'm that Toto movie man. Like that's gonna be awesome. Yep. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's go into our final segment. That was, that was the best thing we've ever done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, what we do in this final segment, Dan, is um, well, I'm going to ask you a question. What is your most anticipated game at the moment? What are you looking forward anticipated to? Anticipated game. Oh, most of them have already come out. Maybe Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. Okay. Um, so, what we're going to do is we're going to throw away everything you know about that game. <laughs> and not that much on, yet. So. <laughs> no, I know there's not much. But uh, based on the title, purely on the title, we're going to come up with an alternate game idea that would be called Cyberpunk. Now, that's a pretty broad title. Um, I think well, it's... It Cyberpunk 2077. 20, believe, 20, yeah, I was, yes. was going to say 2064 for some reason, but you're probably right. Um, yes, 2077. By the way, that... Uh, I hope that actually comes out. Has there, there hasn't been news on it in forever, has there? They're still they're make, making they're it. They're still making it, right? A while away. <laughs> yeah. Um, I only just saw something about it the other day. So um, they trademarked the um, the word cyberpunk, and people weren't happy about it. That's why. Oh, That's I why did I see it. that. Mm. Here's my prediction: it's not going to come out. It, it's only it's going to come out um, with the next generation of consoles. Be <laughs> 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 a well, launch title for the off. PlayStation Five. Uh, <laughs> You've got Scorpio, whatever it is, coming out. So. Oh, that doesn't count. I'm talking about the full next generation. <laughs> okay. um, all right. It depends whether there is a next generation, Ben. They could well, they're know, just keep, keep upgrading, upgrading the, um, the PS4 Pro 2. <laughs> the, the PS More Pro. <laughs> yeah, how do you become like the PS Pro Master the PS or the PS Master? It's what's above professional? The Pro doesn't even make sense for PlayStation 4. Like... Why is it a PlayStation? Because Pro is professional, surely, right? Like, is that short for anything else? So it's like the, no. the, the original PS4 was an amateur. This one's the Pro. And then, yeah, anyway. Um, Didn't improve it enough. <laughs> well, I just mean it's a gaming machine. Like, well, it's, I guess mm-hmm. it's a professional game. Anyway, uh, besides the point. So, Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> um, yeah. Like you said, we don't know much about it, but we're going to come up with a new idea based on just that title. And in fact, I feel like to make this interesting, because cyberpunk in general as a genre is something. I mean, it, it's not it's not incredibly specific, um, but take it has it away certain from, elements. If you take it away from cyberpunk and what cyberpunk is, if you use the words cyber and punk, yeah, thinking today you've got punk as in punk rock, that yep. kind of style, yep, and then cyber as in the internet, yes, then you've got a completely different game. That's where I was. Basically, exactly where I was going. So, <laughs> yeah, you you play like a punk rocker <laughs> who I don't know uh, some sort of mechanic around logging in. Maybe it's even um, maybe it's even set like not quite modern day, like in the eighties or something, like the sort of earlier days where the internet was. Shouldn't it be set in twenty seventy seven? No, that's uh, that's around. Um, that's the board <laughs> rate of your modem. You've got a special. <laughs> you've got a specially made modem that you created yourself. You're like the. You're basically like one of the first hackers. Um, 
on on the internet before it even existed. You've got your twenty seventy seven board mode. What are you hacking though? Like, what is there? A, <laughs> you're a like point. at the start of the internet. You've hacked into it. You're like, oh shit, there's nothing here. Universities, military installations, <laughs> geocities. <laughs> All right, so maybe not the eighties. Maybe the nineties. Maybe in sort of. The, the relatively early days of the internet, the World Wide Web was only a few years old. There's like 2,700... Well, maybe 2,077 is how many w- different websites there are in existence. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, you just have to go around and like spray anarchy symbols, like somehow hack, hack these websites and put anarchy symbols on all of them. Um, so, how old are you, Daniel? 30. 30. Okay, so what I was thinking, uh, do you remember back before the internet, there was actually, like, the bulletin board systems, so the BBS? Mm-hmm. Um, Vaguely. Basically, maybe 2077 is a BBS. Oh, it's like, that's like the last four digits of the phone number, and they've called themselves yeah. 2077. Yeah, because awesome. I remember around here there was... Like I think sixteen eighty four was one of the one of the BBSs in in Melbourne that um, was pretty well known, but it was literally just called sixteen eighty four. Um, so maybe twenty seventy seven is is your um, your BBS that you that you're going into okay. that it leads you down, you know, a um, sort of like an adventure game within within the bulletin board. Like you you've got to do little yeah. Little well, there have been a few games a little bit deeper. Into yeah, the there have been a few games that I like that. So you're um, yeah, okay. I really like this idea. You're you're interacting through this game solely through this bulletin board interface, but you can have like chats with the sysop, and um, there's like some rudimentary online gaming like um, muds and stuff. So what's our enemy? Well, I think I think it's more of just a a story based sort of thing. Um, and yeah, as you go, you find out more about yourself and you are this like punk rock teenager um but i'm thinking it's it's really a um an exploratory game a bit like um shit what was that one called did you play emily emily is away it was like a free one have you played no. that okay it's basically no. that's similar in that you're solely interacting via aol instant messenger <laughs> with this <laughs> with this person and it's it's basically just a, a set of conversation trees but it tells a story over time and you can make some different choices there are a few different endings and stuff but this could be a bit more in depth than that you know and maybe there are sort of I mean maybe you do get a bit of hacking stuff maybe you meet someone who gives you these missions to connect to other systems and, and figure out a way in and, and, and to do certain things yeah that's yeah. that's cool what I was thinking is as you're going through like the file system you know working out Maybe you can, um, maybe you can download a file that, um, happens to be in an area that it shouldn't have been. And it turns out that now, you know, someone's after you. So, um, trying to find out your, I don't know, your phone number or trying to find out where you are. So you gotta, you gotta run some programs to, to sort of have a little bit of action elements. Oh, yeah. Like a bit like, um, trying to add hack them. Introversions uplink. You played that. Oh, yep. Yep. Yeah. So you sort of got to, or even hacknet. Yeah, okay, I haven't seen that one, but yeah. Yeah, you got to, like, you know, route through proxies and things <laughs> to, like... I reckon that could be a, be a bit of fun. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, and it opens up a little bit, bit more of the story that maybe um, there's some... I don't know, if you're, if you're punk, if you're a punk rocker, then maybe it's, like, some glam metal fans um, <laughs> who are trying to take over the music world. 
and you've you've stumbled across <laughs> the, the last um, line of defense of punk rock, some pimply teenager. Yep. <laughs> what do you think, music Daniel? Through the internet. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> back <laughs> back in the late eighties, sending what <laughs> midis or something. Is <laughs> that little programs that use your PC speaker to replicate fucking the Ramones? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> Cool. I like it. I like it. Awesome. All right. So, I think we're going to finish it up there for today. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us, Daniel. Do you want to just give our audience uh, uh, an idea of where they can find you online and, and listen to your podcast and see your stuff? Yeah, definitely. So, we're called The Soap, which stands for the Slightly Offensive Australian Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube, iTunes, and Podomatic. Uh, and SoundCloud, of course. Uh, personally, I have DM Gaming, which you'll find primarily on YouTube under DM Gaming. Awesome. All right, well, thank you to everybody for listening to us today on BitStorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I'm Daniel Mason. So a game where you form a resistance group to an octopus overlord who has dictated that everyone can only be happy about calligraphy and juggling? I'd play that. <laughs>